Hello and welcome back to the Make the Same podcast. I'm the host, Dan Kelly, and this is the podcast, Breaking the Sigma. My journey started off back in 2019 when I was breaking the Sigma surrounding food allergies. However, this year, I really want to kind of branch out and have other inspiring guests to kind of share their story on the podcast and they could be breaking the Sigma or breaking barriers within their field. And if you guys can join me every Monday morning as I've got a new podcast episode, and make sure, please, please, please make sure to click that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And the more subscribers I have on the podcast, the bigger guests I can get on. So I really appreciate it if you click that subscribe button. Here's what to expect on this week's episode. My bike has always done a steady kind of like front wheel up, but it's like it's smooth. It's like a bird. But then Jamie says it was literally like a paper aeroplane and it just went and then flipped vertical. And I remember holding on and being like, shit. And then I was like, I'm going to have to let go and then let go and landed like how I'm sat now, but with my legs straight out and straight away, I was like, I can't feel my legs. Like, So this week, I'm joined by my good friend, Giselle. And Giselle had an accident when she was 25 in a bike accident and she become disabled. And Giselle is someone who I find super aspiring. And obviously, it's not stopped her. Now she's traveling the world with a wheelchair. And we kind of talk about kind of the hurdles and challenges she faces with that, but also kind of the mental implications of that and kind of talking very openly about a kind of mental health together. Um, and it's a very super chatty episode and like I said I've known G for years now we met at Ted Baker so it's great to have G finally on the podcast to share a story so grab yourself a cup of tea let's jump into it hello welcome to the Make the Same podcast so I'm joined by Giselle who I've known for years now would you like to do a little introduction to yourself and the listeners uh, yeah I'm G we obviously met working together at Ted Baker I am now a trained life coach and I've just come back from traveling South America for six months um with the wheelchair so that's been a very interesting and new experience and I think that's one of the reasons honestly it's been incredible obviously because obviously I've known you since like Ted Baker and how you kind of breaking like the stigma you could say obviously with a wheelchair and like traveling because imagine a lot of people in the community would they could you imagine like have you saw anyone like traveling around South America no. in a wheelchair? <laughs> no like obviously we've seen a lot of people with disabilities while we've been away but they've all been locals and the response like people are just like in shock even other travelers we meet from the UK are like I can't believe that you're actually doing this so there is a massive there's a massive stigma around going away in general as yeah. someone with a disability or particularly with wheelchairs and flying but it's but yeah a lot there's been a lot of I've, the reception's been amazing but it has shook a lot of people up because they're like I can't believe that you're actually doing this yeah. and even at times we're like why are we doing this are they being like are they like quite friendly then are they like being super helpful oh my god you can't fault like as the nations we went to as well like you can't fault their help like in Brazil the first place we went we were a little bit skeptical obviously we were taught about safety and stuff but people would just bend over backwards to kind of like people were holding umbrellas to get me like from the taxi to the hostel like just yeah. over more than Londoners especially as well like people were just so helpful and kind and then obviously other travelers and friends that we met on the way just were like what can I do to make this easier for you um so yeah the support we've had while we've been away has been amazing because i i read one of the blog posts because i've been reading your blog posts and they're incredible by the way and like they're so in depth for like what your experiences what happened um but you kind of spoke about on the flight there i know you had like so many different like hiccups yeah. 
Well, didn't like people like trying to scare you, like the Brazilians, like scare you about before you get there. You're like, so you're looking forward to this like six months like break, or and then like before you get there, you kind of shitting it, yourself. Like. It, it that was exactly it. Like obviously, everyone from the UK is like, "Oh, Rio's so bad. Like, don't wear your jewelry." Gave all of this, and then we were stuck in like a hotel in JFK for a day um, with a load of Brazilians. So we're all waiting for our transfer back to the airport and they're just telling us all these stories. And I'm like, Huns, you's not helping us out right now. Like we're already majorly freaking out. Like we're not even in the country. And now you're like literally trying to scare us. But when we got like, obviously Rio was one thing and we were kind of very conscious there. But once we settled in and we were like, it's not as bad. Like you do have to be careful. But if you've got your wits around you, um, it's not as bad. I also do think the wheelchair had a massive kind of like, I don't want to say the word benefit, but it people were just aware and people just didn't even bother with us. They just yeah. like, let us go. They were helpful. But I do think sometimes it might have, where if we were an able-bodied couple, maybe they'd have tried to do something, but the chair was just like, no one even entertained the idea. Did you have any like sketchy moments where <laughs> yeah. you've like gone down the wrong street and you're oh. like, what is happening? Like, so yeah. One of our friends was like, you know, the Cerulean stairs in Rio and he taught us, he told us which way to go. So we started pushing there and we were staying in a sketchy part of Rio as well, but there was a hostel that we wanted to stay at no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we start walking and it's cobbles and there are a lot of um, people about that look, kind of sketchy and we're like oh should we be up here I'm hungover I'm emotional and this guy comes up and he's like you shouldn't be here like you need to you need to go back like this is not like you should not be walking this way so then we start freaking out and then we start clocking all the sketchy people and then we're trying to like walk fast but my wheels are getting stuck (laughs) in the cobbles so I'm literally like trying to run literally like trying to run and the more panic we get the more we're like making more of a fuss about it drawing more attention and people are coming over and you just they are people are good like they're trying to help but obviously we still got these Brazilians telling us to be scared so we're like freaking out and just yeah the more we tried to like run the more we got stuck in all of the cobbles and we were literally just like oh my god that was awful but how was the stretch was it quite long um no it wasn't it was just a very steep hill and it was under like bridges railway bridges as well which obviously have a bit of like that's where people hang out um away from the police so we like it was just busy but it wasn't too long um I would say that's still stuck in my head as the one moment where I've been like Oh God. And then once in Colombia as well, when we just got to Colombia. So again, you're, you have to acclimatize to every country you get to and you don't know. And we got told Colombia was unsafe. So we were in a, a, an area again that we shouldn't have been in. A taxi guy was like, you guys need to get in the taxi right now. Like you can't, you, sh- you shouldn't be around here. And we looked around and we were like, no, we need to leave right now. But those, I'd say yeah. those are the two. Like generally, it's good that people look out for you as well. Like, like the public, if they know that you shouldn't be in that area, yeah. Like, the fact that we had out. someone yeah, come yeah. out of his house to say to us, like, guys, this isn't where you should yeah. be. Like, you need to turn around. Like, if you, yeah, there was always, there was always people that were there to kind of like give us a hand. So, yeah. where did you start off then? Brazil. We flew into a play. Where did we start? Salvador we started in yeah. Salvador and I'm not gonna lie it like rained and we were like we've come at the wrong time of year what are we doing is the whole trip gonna be didn't, like this didn't you get there and you didn't have a v- was it a visa or- the Esther to fly through um what's that 
So to fly through New York, not even to stop there, yeah. you need a visa. And it takes like two hours to come. And luckily we got to the airport like four hours before because yeah. that's what they say when you fly with a disability. And it meant that we could apply and then still had like time to kill to wait for it to come through. But that you're literally sat in prep like, I feel sick. When's like when is this going to happen? Waiting for it to like waiting through, yeah. to see because some people take like eight hours, supposed to take like two. Um, but yeah, that was just completely nerve wracking. Like we've done all of, we've got so far. Yeah. Is it really going to end? Because what starts to the trip as well? Like, <laughs> yeah, you've done all the planning. You get there, and you're like one I've thing. I've been you meticulous think about, yeah. with everything, and it just goes to show. And the whole trip also, like, no matter how prepared I was, stuff that I couldn't even imagined going wrong is what went wrong while we we're away. So, what was the issue with like the phones? I read on the blog post like you didn't have a SIM card, or you had to get a phone shipped in. No. I carelessly lost my SIM card because I didn't oh, right, think yeah. about the importance of it. Like, I'm just a bit like, oh, yeah, it's fine. fine yeah. No, lost my SIM card. So then I couldn't get in any of my online banking and I had the credit cards and all of my, tra I hadn't moved all of my savings across because we also got told, don't have it in one account because if someone tries to rob you, you've only got a certain amount. So oh, locked, right. Jamie told me to delete Spread all of my banking out, yeah, yeah. apps. So I did that. And yeah. then all of a sudden we're in South America and I've got no access to my apps, no access yeah, yeah. to my numbers and all of these OTP codes. Now you need to get a number sent to like put in online. So it was just an absolute, an absolute nightmare. nightmare. And also meant we were spending with no tracking at all. So we were just like, it's fine. Yeah, I think we spent this much money. And then when I looked at it a month later, I was like, Oh, <laughs> we've gone over budget. <laughs> how was it? How was it then like eating out? Was it like cheap or expensive or cause you would think it would be cheap if you like travel around South America yeah. and like, street food is like street food is cheap in brazil meals out weren't cheap um i generally say that was the case for most places except argentina like street food is um yeah it's like one pound six to your meal and it was good food but then it's a lot of it's fried like bolivia was all fried chicken yeah. i was like i don't eat chicken on the bone anyway and i'm like this is this not want, so good. Yeah, this yeah. is not what i want like i'm so over fried food um but yeah we thought it was going to be cheaper than it was to be honest yeah. like we you, you hear about asia you got lured into this thing and everyone we spoke to uh, south america was a lot more expensive than we anticipated yeah what was it like then like meeting people there did you meet i can imagine like everyone's in the same boat did you like meet those people like while she like traveling because yeah you used to meet many people from london i think Oh my God. It's like we're magnets. I oh, kid really? you not. Like, it's like you just, the Stoke Newington, Islington, just like gravitate towards each other. We yeah. met um, a guy who lives one road away from my auntie and uncle. Wow. Two guys at their local kebab shop is uh, by my auntie and uncles. Another person lives down the road from me and Jamie. Someone in the building opposite me and Jamie. Like, it's literally like Haggerston, Dalston, Stokey, so just like pulled together. together. Yeah, yeah. It's madness because you're like, oh, I'm from London, like where? And then you can literally pinpoint like to the street, like yeah. it's that mad. What's, what's everyone's age? Is everyone like similar ages? Obviously I'm 30 now, you're like late 20s. Is everyone like- 30 in a couple of weeks. Oh yeah, oh my God, <laughs> I didn't even know that. So um, how was that then? Was everyone like similar ages? Um, generally, or, yeah. or it's just, no, it's actually like a wider range because- it's more like people that are 24, a bit older, like younger people, I think go to Asia. So that's what we'll meet next time. But 25, 24 to like 33 mainly, but you do meet people a bit older as well. But it's a bit of a broader range because South America, I think you have to have a bit more of a, a head on to go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And saved a bit more money or like be doing the hikes. I don't, yeah, there's just, yeah. it takes someone that's a bit older, I think, to do South America. 
How was it then like traveling like with, with the wheelchair? Did you have any like issues as like if like stuff breaking and like not knowing where to go or what to do next kind of thing? It was like, thank goodness it was me and Jay because he yeah. put an absolute shift in over the it six months. Like I can't even he, like, explain. shredding now? He's like. <laughs> he's, he's so fit. Like his mum was like, I've never seen you this much in shape. Oh really? And that's I saw saying a how much him the other day and I thought he lost weight. Honestly, like I said to Mario, I was like, he looks like he's lost weight. Yeah. Like, Cause like the landscape, like Brazil, super hilly. Bolivia was just a nightmare in general. Like yeah. it was just so inaccessible. Um, so traveling in terms of like getting around day to day was really difficult. Um, the chair, we were getting buses. So that was one like, like big relief is there's a lot of issues with flying with wheelchairs and them being damaged, but we were getting on buses. So Jamie would put it on the bus. We travel for 20 hours. We take it off the bus again. Like yeah, it's, it's not fine. getting yeah. damaged because it's literally sat under underneath you. So yeah. that was a relief, but it was more like my body. That was the biggest um, thing to kind of deal with while we were there. Cause my body reacted in ways that I didn't anticipate and like medication getting that out what do you, there what do you mean like your body reacted differently? so like the food of everyone knows like, like Bolivia gives you gives shits, you yeah. the shits basically so we knew that going in but like my body just um would be way more sense it is way more sensitive anyway so I just was getting ill a lot more getting quite sick at times and then the UTI is like I literally got a UTI every month it was just like Not consistent good, yeah. And I never had them before I le like left, so I didn't really think much of it or I had them, but they weren't bad. They were dealt with quite quickly. So I never anticipated how they would have affected me while we were away. Is and that they because just, of like what you're drinking? Like, oh, the food, like... I think it's because like um, your blood, because I catheterize anyway, so you, it, you do have like more bacteria living in your bladder. Mm. But then because I was using different catheters because I had to buy them out of there and you're like on toilets in like, buses and yeah, stuff like yeah. the hygiene level just isn't quite the same you're obviously boozing I was boozing a lot more than I did in the yeah. UK because I didn't really drink in the week in the UK so all of those things worn down you're not fighting infection the same way burning the candle at both there's a, a number yeah, of yeah. reasons so I know why they happened but that was a real impact because it meant we had to stay near a hostel or I was in pain or we just couldn't do the same things that we wanted to so that was a bigger impact than like the hills yeah, yeah. realistically was the only one like before the trip like you kind of like like I bought like a blueprint was the only one which had like done it and was like oh I can just follow this person's like plan or anyone mm -hmm. within that kind of community space because I know we spoke a lot and stuff and um like sometimes like it isn't always positive within that space yeah. and I know this it's the same within allergies and it's the same with like I had people with celiac or gluten yeah. and there's a lot of like sometimes there's a lot of like negativity within the free from world and like you find like the people which get to the top are like more positive or they they make a joke about it kind of thing mm -hmm. was there anyone like you kind of followed no like I followed there's a number of people that I follow and say and like I would say like you know what's the word not bosses but like goal there's certain people that I do have on Instagram that are like goals but there's no one I saw that was actually like taking a backpack I'm not coming home and we're gonna go for six months yeah. um there's a lot of people that do do like travel and disability travel but it's quite focused obviously we're a spectrum like and shop, like, I yeah. do have a certain ability to get around and like climb stairs so my experience is different and we don't have to look for the same fully accessible things like and thank goodness because I didn't have the budget for that either like I yeah. wouldn't have been able to be completely 
accessible with what we were choosing. Um, but no, there has, there's been no one that I have managed to come across that is traveling for a long period of time. Um, yeah, not that I follow. I saw you, you, you set up your Instagram page and you was like documenting every day. <laughs> Mate, like, that was a set. job. That was yeah. an absolute job to do that. <laughs> Honestly, like doing like a social media, it's like a full-time job. <laughs> like you should have done, t- did you do any videos? Like, you know, like shot, you know, like TikToks and like reels. Like. We really tried at the start. And then I think the issue was we were so good for a while, but then we got to Rio and we were like, don't have your phones out. And the habit just left like that. Yeah. And then we were Sao Paulo. And also like, it's one thing to be able to like walk around with your phone, but I can't because I'm pushing my wheelchair yeah, yeah. and Jamie's literally having to get me up the curbs. And it's just it's, as yeah. much as we wanted to do TikTok, the practicality wasn't there because we are yeah. so, con- we have to like be watching everything that's going on around us. Like where's the car's curves? Where can we cross drop? Like all of yeah. that that it just wasn't like that feasible to have our phones out as well and like when you're in a country where like you say like you hear a lot of like crime or like yeah you don't want to be like there with your new iphone no documenting everything so we are going to try i think there's going to be more of a con like a bit more of an effort in asia because it's a bit safer it's like beaches and stunning things and i think we need to get back into the habit but it was just it was such a task by the end i'm not gonna lie like it was such a task to travel with the chair like like documenting like because obviously (laughs) the the blog posts and also like like the instagram posts as well and like I think, I think if like, if in Asia, if you can do like videos, like that's, that's every time you go on like TikTok it's now, it's all videos in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm glad we're saying that carousels are doing well if you want to do like, cause now you can add music now to your I've images. seen that. Yeah. So yeah, I think we do know we need, it's almost like we get a second chance. Like it's yeah. like, what did we learn about this trip? What are we going to do on the next one? Which is really nice actually. What but, is the biggest learning on, what do you think on this trip? Do you think what kind of like surprised you or kind of stood out? Um, I think the biggest lesson is like, it does not matter how much you plan and prepare shit's going to hit the fan and what the, the the least thing you could ever expect to happen is the thing that's going to set you back the most yeah. like so i just think you've just got to ironically roll like you've just got to let it go and roll with it and i think that was a big well i think it was a big lesson for jay as well it's just like we've just got to take it roll with the, the punches effectively yeah. because you can't change what's going on we've just got to make sure we handle it the best way yeah, like you say, you can do all the planning in the world, but then until like you actually get there, like you don't know what's going to happen or yeah. what's, what's around the and corner. How you feel yeah. and what your mood is like. We would handle one thing one day, and then you're completely in a different headspace the next, and you'd handle it completely. Like once the plot clicked about like getting my wheelchair fixed, I was like, "How has it taken me two weeks to think of that?" Yeah. But obviously, I was in a ba- bad headspace. Was dealing with the catheter situation as well. Like there was just I so much going on. Saying, yeah, I remember you saying like, "Was it the catheter <laughs> you was after?" And you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't get them. I couldn't. My mum and dad tried to post them. They got rejected. Tried why, why did to get rejected? Because like, like you're not allowed. They just said you can't send like medical equipment into Brazil. And in Argentina, it's actually a hard fat. No, it's not happening. So I was like, I'm going to have to source them out here. Yeah went to the hospital, went to like four pharmacies and no one would help. And I'm literally sat there like sobbing, like how do people in South America pee? Like it happens, where do they get them from? And then someone was like, had like, let me just get in touch with someone. And then this guy who owned a medical supply shop basically ordered them for me. They got stuck in customs. Then I had to ask him if he'd order a different kind and just like cover the cost of the other ones. And like he did it, it took like three weeks, but 
to know that you're like not going to be able to go to the bathroom at some point was literally the most stress. You what you're watching how much you drink. You can't like you can't like enjoy how alcohol. You have left before <laughs> I had literally had like three when I went to pick them up, which is like not a day. I like use six to eight a day, and I got like three. And obviously in the UK, oh you're God. not supposed to wash them. But the water's safe enough that you can wash them if you need if you're in dire straits. Whereas abroad, the water you can't drink it. You can't. That would stress me that, out. Like, like, I need the body like every hour. I'm like, li- I know you. <laughs> my body is like terrible. I'd be, be fucked. Like I'd be so bad. Like, yeah, yeah. So and it's like rationing, but also like hydration is your health. So that balance of trying to drink the right amount of water to stay hydrated, but not use too, too many much, catheters yeah. because you've only got a certain amount to get you so far. And like, so that was just a massive stress. And then with the wheelchair broke at the same time. So it was just like, Jesus. Like one thing after another. Yeah. And at the start of the year, I was reading a book about like stoicism and it's like one of their um, rules and whatever. I was like, it's fine. I'll, you know, whatever bad things happen to me, I'll be able to like take it on the chin and deal with it. It's growth. And then all of this happened. I was like, why did I say that? (laughs) Where's that book? (laughs) What was, um, so obviously you're going to like Asian X. So have you planned that have you planned out like where you're going to, are you pretty like planned ahead of like, right, I'm going here, 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 here. I'm pretty organized. So, and also one of the things we learned about this was like, we can't afford to just, we went off the, like we went off the trail a bit in Brazil. Um, and in what, in what way? well, like some places we went to like Oro Preto or Bear Horizonte where people don't necessarily go. And they were beautiful. But by the end of that, we were like, we did see some places a city is a city do you know what I mean so we were kind of like Birmingham Derby like do you know what I mean we don't need to go to the mall um so we said this time we have to be a bit more like focused on is it accessible um what's there to do because we don't need to get another bus and stay in another place and keep moving our bags unnecessarily so I have earmarked where I would like to go but me and Jay are going to sit down place by place and just be like what does it have to offer if it's the most beautiful sunrise in Asia we're going to go if there's literally a hike and he has done one hike on this whole trip so we the hikes are not even an argument anymore there are no hikes like is it worth going so it's just also like word of mouth isn't it so I have a spreadsheet obviously and I've like you've been using Notion um no because it doesn't work offline so like obviously when you're on like moving through buses and stuff like that it's no good so I've actually had to move back to Google Docs for now but I will be back on Notion Um, but yeah, I've just got a spreadsheet, how long you should spend there, how long it takes to get from A to B, what there is to do. And then we can sit down together and be like, yeah. are we going to go or are we not? I was going to say, just back to Brazil, was there any places like you would really like recommend to like a listener maybe looking at going? So for Brazil, Rio and Sao Paulo, like Rio is, is still one of my favorite places. Yeah, yeah. Like even though you just get Ubers everywhere and that kind of eliminates some of the safety factor, but it was unreal. And I want to go back for carnival. And so we're when's going it, again. Uh, it happens in February. So yeah. we didn't go because we thought it'd be too much with the crowds and the wheelchair. But then our housemate went and she was like, you, you'd you cope. So that's all I needed to hear. And I'm like, I am going oh to carnival. So Me and come with you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a trip at some point. Yeah. Um, but I think if I was to recommend a holiday, particularly access wise, um, Buenos Aires, Mendoza and Iguazu in like a little three week trip was just... That has my heart. It has Jamie's as well. The party, the food, the wine, the access, the ice cream, all good. All good. Ticks all the boxes. The nature. Do they cook with a lot of nuts? Do you you reckon if I went there, I could get barred? Do you think I would struggle? 
Um, I think if you've got Google Translate, yeah. um, some of the places, you just, like you're aware yeah. anyway, some of the places you you, you, you order and you're like, I don't know what I'm getting. Yeah. So, but you get the feel for that before you go in. But like, especially in Buenos Aires, like I think it's very clear people have good English as well. Okay. And Colombia, they have great English. So there is an understanding. So yeah, yeah I, I think it's, it's definitely not a write-off. It's just having like your awareness that you do normally. Yeah. Probably easier than some places in Europe. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was going to say with, with traveling as well, like was it was it something which was on, you was thinking about for a while before you did it? And did you feel like if you didn't do it, you would have just been a bit like, I don't know, like, you know when you got that feeling like if you don't do this. I've wanted to do, I went into Ted Baker knowing that I was going to travel at some point, but my idea was get a career base, like build yeah. yourself up, have that experience, not just come out of, A, I didn't have any money when I came out of uni, but yeah. also like, do a job for a bit. I wanted to move to London just as much. So it's always been on my radar. Me and Jamie went on our first date and I said to him, I'm going to travel the world at some point. So either if you, if that's not your plan, you're in, all right, yeah. you're, in you're in or yeah. you're out. Like we can, you can try and stay together, but I'm going on this trip. And then obviously the accident happened. So that, put a massive setback onto it but even in hospital like I remember when I had my other blog and I was like um what was your first blog what was my I don't know what it was called to be honest but it was something that linked to traveling as well like the name because I had this idea that I would be going traveling so it's always been like I will be naive at the time but there was it's always been on the cards it was just a matter of getting the cash together because like some serious saving because obviously we didn't want to work while we were out there yeah, I know that's amazing. I was going to say, like, you mentioned then, like, um, the accident. Could, could we kind of, like, touch upon that yeah. and kind of talk about a bit about your upbringing and, like, were you doing, like, drag racing when you were, yes. like, how old were you when you, like, 12? 12. 12? I was born was into the Was that in the, the family, sport. though? Like, yeah, yeah, was born into the sport. My mum's been doing it since she was, like, a very young woman. Um, stopped to have me and have my sister, but my dad crewed for somebody else. Like we've, it's all I've ever known. Like that is my life. And so at 12, How did your mom get into it then? I think they had some family, uh, they had some friends that went, Oh, do you want to come to like the racetrack and like, see what this is? And then they went yeah. and then I don't really know how it all came about, but all of a sudden mum's riding a motorbike. So and it's always been the yeah, my mum doing it. Yeah, because um, I only know about one person which did it was um but she did like the the, the car like the Jane K, yeah. Jane yeah. K, yeah. So yeah. It's a small world, isn't it? it? it, it yeah. like, it's so random. And also Siobhan's boyfriend worked with her and I'm like, how weird. What? Nice. Um but yes, yeah, so at twelve they were like, There's a bike up for sale, oh, do you want it? Uh do you want to have a go on it? Did it and obviously loved it and then the I mean, rest is history. I mean, how fast do the bikes go? Like my bike, I think my the fastest my bike I got to was one hundred and forty one miles per hour. But some of the cars are like three hundred, like three hundred and five. Yeah. Like it's mad. Do you do it every weekend then? No, it's more like a it's a summer sport. So there's no you don't do it over the winter. But every now and then, like every three weeks, or there's at least one race week in a month. So it is quite a commitment. And I think why I don't miss it so much now is because my commitment was like, I wanted to go to festivals and I yeah, wanted to be in out, London yeah. and do that. So I was already kind of a bit like, I mean, I still love it, but it was, it was felt like effort a lot at the time to yeah. go. Um, so yeah, you still had, it's not every weekend, like you're training for the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, does your dad have to be a mechanic? Like in terms of like shit going wrong? Or, like We had like one of our like really good family friends as well is an engine, is an electric, 
Trish and an engineer. So between them, but he built my my dad built my mum's bike from like the oh, ground wow. up. Yeah, yeah. So it was like all hand built by him. So yeah, they know what they're doing. I just got on it. They would be yeah. the people that would fix it when it went wrong. And you was brought up in Derby. Derby. There's a track in Derby, is that? No, um, there was two. There used to be two. Uh, Santa Pod, which is like down oh, now. Oh, Santa Pod. Yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah. heard of Santa That's Pod. the famous one, yeah. Yeah, and then there was one in Stratford-upon-Avon, but then that got like knocked down a few years ago to build houses. So Santa Pod is the only one that we yeah. used to race at because the others aren't very well kept. So it, well, not they can be more risky. Like you have to have a good track for it to be safe. So Santa Pod is like the main one to go to. Yeah. And if we kind of talk about like the accident, how old was you? 25 because it's five 25. years in August, five which is now, mad. Yeah. It's the sixth of my life that I've been disabled now, which is just blows my mind. Cause I remember <laughs> like, we'll get into it, but I just remember like hearing about it in the office mm -hmm. and then obviously like you, you coming in and like, and I think, I don't know if I knew you before that. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think back, like, when I think back to when I first met you, it was, it was always, you was in a wheelchair, but I felt like maybe I just didn't, I wasn't aware of, I don't know. Well, we worked company, on opposite yeah. sides, yeah. didn't we? And I didn't really have a lot to do with marketing. Yeah. So I was just in my little wholesale, wholesale yeah. bubble. So yeah, it probably was that we just never really crossed paths until after that. I can't think how long I'd been at, I must've only been at Ted for like two I don't even know how, well, I was seven years. So it must've only been at Ted for like two years it before like a it, lifetime ago it now, really yeah. does. When I, when I look back, I think like, yeah, it was my second job in London as well. Um, I think I was there for like two years and then the lockdown happened and then I was, yeah. I was stuck there for like another, I wanted to get out before then to be honest. <laughs> but then I was like stuck there, but then I was furloughed and I was getting paid. So I was like living, living, living the dream, <laughs> like, um, not doing any work. It's yeah. bad to think I've technically had three career bait three career breaks at 30 because I was obviously you know the accident isn't a career break but I was out of work just you know yeah. doing other things and then I had furlough and now I've had this I'm like not too bad yeah get a maternity leave in there as well I know <laughs> yeah go back to kind of the accident yeah. like on that day of what happened can we kind of talk about like from that the start of the day of like what happened yeah. and the whole kind of so I do accident. also think like it's important to say like I'm very good like obviously uh, while traveling as well like a lot of people ask and I'm very like good at talking about what happened but for some people it is like quite triggering, triggering or yeah, traumatic yeah. and I actually struggled with it a lot being away because I'm like four times in one day someone's not even asked my name but asked what happened to me That's and right. it's quite yeah, like yeah. a lot um, I don't even think we've ever gone into detail. No. Like, obviously, I, I know like bits of what happened, but I don't think I've ever. Because sometimes you're a bit like, should it? Yeah, I, yeah, which is weird, weird like, considering yeah. how long we've been friends yeah, now. No, but yeah. I guess also because it was so like it's just all we've known, so it we don't really yeah we don't really yeah, ever go don't into it. Feel the it. need to like one day just yeah. have a drink about <laughs> oh yeah, watch it. Yeah, I kind of know the the. Bits, but I suppose yeah. yeah, you always could do that with me, but. Um, so yeah, I was riding, Jamie was crewing for me. My dad was crewing as well. And my sister and my mom would be behind cause they were about to race each other and the bike, it's always wheelied and it's always kind of gone like st Is steady. Is it when you let off the court shot? Like, yeah, you let, you, you just let, you have the like brake on and that, and then you just rev it and then let go. And it just takes, yeah. my bike has always done a steady kind of like front wheel up, but it's like it's smooth. It's like a bird. Yeah. But then Jamie says it was literally like a paper airplane and it just went and then flipped vertical. And I remember holding on and being like, 
shit and then I was like I'm gonna have to let go and then let go and landed like how I'm sat now but with my legs straight out and straight away I was like I can't feel my legs. Like it was instant. Oh, so you landed, or you didn't land on your back. You landed like, like when you sat, sat down. Yeah, which is so weird. Consider, like, yeah. well, I, I must. Have, I don't know what angle I was at, but yeah. I, I de- definitely did because I remember li- lying down in the pain afterwards. But I was like, shit, I can't feel my legs. And then the pain started, and then I literally just like lay back onto the floor and started screaming. And then obviously, like, the best place for an accident to happen is at the track because. They have ambulances there. They have medics there. So within like seconds, like no one was allowed to come near me and they've just like got me and then take my helmet off, start talking. And then the ambulance is there. So (laughs) everyone's like, did you get airlifted? And I was like, annoyingly, because it was an ambulance already and I was in it and they were cutting my leathers off and dealing with me. They just drove me straight to Cambridge or Bedford, I think went for a scan. And then they were like, you're going to Cambridge. So drove the whole way, never got my air ambulance ride. It was bad. No, no, I didn't even know like three weeks later, I'm like, oh, I'll be walking into the office by Christmas. Like I had no idea what a spinal cord injury was or the severity of it. But I do think that's what got me through is my naivety yeah. because I just had my head in the clouds the whole time. I was like, I'll do this, I'll do this. I'm going to travel the world. It's all yeah. gone. Like that honestly got me through because I never really realized how, how severe was, the yeah. situation was. So I do think that's helped with the headspace getting getting through it. When that moment when you did find out this is serious and I might be in a wheelchair mm. for the rest of my life, maybe. I mean, what was that moment? Did you go through any like dark times or was you quite or do you have to just keep positive? Like it's think like everyone for me, every well, everyone expects this moment of like, oh, being told you're never gonna walk again, or the realization of this. But like I was never told that. So it's all been very it's all been sugarcoated the whole way for me anyway. Like, oh, there's this possibility, this possibility. It was never I was there was never a moment when it hit, realization happened, it's been very mm. gradual. Yeah. And I've come to terms with like, I don't think I'm ever gonna be able to do this without this or So it hasn't been like a pinpoint moment, but obviously there are very dark times and it was like, I struggled as anyone would to do it and be alone in hospital, like saying goodbye to family when I was in Cambridge and I was on a head trauma ward because it's, um, like it's the brain effectively is your spinal cord. So I was on a ward with loads of head trauma patients. So that was really difficult because they were all dealing with brain injuries um, and I was the only person that was of sound mind at the time, yeah. just dealing with the spinal cord injury. So saying goodbye to everyone and being in hospital or like even being moved from ITU, I was like devastated because there was three to one. Like they looked after you, like had a good rapport with them, even though it was only like a few days. So when I got put on the normal ward, I was like, this is horrible. Like, this, yeah, yeah, no like there, yeah. so that, and then I always used to have a really bad Monday because the weekend I'd go home or we'd get taken out. We'd go into town. Like they were really good at letting me leave. So then on Monday I would just absolutely crash. And then I'd ring one of like my mum or dad and straight away they'd come to the hospital. So Mondays were all, and the, I, hardest, yeah. the hardest. And the, a guy that used to come in called Alex, who used to talk to me about sports and stuff. And I'm like, I, you're so kind and I just want to punch you in the face. <laughs> like in the nicest way. And like, yeah, I don't want to go to much, the gym. Yeah. Like, and I've been really conscious about doing that with like people. I went back to hospital to talk to people and it's like, yeah. you just hate everyone. Like, yeah. I know that my life's going to be great at some point, but right now but moment, I yeah. just hate everybody. Yeah. Just stay away. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> yeah. 
so I think that's like those were like quite dark times but then I was very focused on coming like I knew what I needed and that was to move in with Jamie to move back to London and to get back to work so it's been like there's been difficulties but I haven't struggled struggled or maybe I've just blocked it out I can't remember you'd have to ask probably someone like Jamie when the difficult times have been I don't know like you know when people have like traumas I do think like there's part of the head where they just forget about it raised into glasses yeah it's mad isn't it like yeah you hear about these like people which come through like really like yeah and it's like it doesn't they, they kind of just like remove it like it's weird how the brain works yeah and I think even like when we were traveling there was some really like there was a very dire situation at one point and I was it was the most difficult 24 hours I'd had since being in hospital and then like a week later I'm with Georgina and Marley and we're partying and it's as if it never happened and I'll probably go and make the same mistake again but like you know it's as if it was (laughs) like 24 hours didn't exist (laughs) so with the wheelchair do you think do you think for the rest of life you'll be in a wheelchair? Or do you think because I know you you do the the training now and you you've got a like a personal trainer to help yeah. with like the strength and stuff? Do you think there'll ever be a point where because you and, and I've been with you like you yeah can, you can kind of stand up for like yeah thirty seconds oh, if you're holding on to something. Um, so I do think I will need the support of a chair, but I also think that's better because. I'm fast in that I can get from A to B with very like with so much ease and like to have to walk again like it would never be fast it would be painful it would be even if it was ever to be unaided it wouldn't be an enjoyable experience and it wouldn't be like efficient that's the word like the chair is actually like a way more efficient way to live than it would be to try and push to walk but I don't have glute muscles so as strong as like the rest of my legs are I don't have the ability to stand on one leg so I'm never going to be able to do to walk because you're effectively picking one foot up at the same time so without that support that's not going to happen because I just don't have the glutes but when I'm back from Asia I do really want to like again deep like work hard go and like do all the little things that can kind of build the strength and just anything is like better and being stairs was the great being able to do stairs is the greatest like it opens up the whole world and traveling if I hadn't been able to do stairs stairs. like we would not have been able to do what we did without being able to do stairs you go to the gym like all the time you're probably the most I have not worked out in a while the most ripped person like (laughs) you know because obviously like a wheelchair like I imagine a lot of people just feel like they can't exercise or I mean you can't yeah, it, or there's, there's a, ways. A I'm not saying there's ways around it because yeah. I, I don't want to say that because I'm not in a wheelchair. But there I'm saying like stigma. when I look at you, like it's incredible how you like you've been like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, it's not going to stop me, kind of thing. Like. Yeah, but I think also like the Hambo Foundation, which is the charity I go to, and they do my physio and PT and stuff, made me fall in love with exercise because before I didn't do it and I didn't care for my body a lot in other ways as well. Whereas actually, like now there's loads of upper body stuff and even in lockdown like we were using crutches to do like cardio yeah. like they just opened your eyes is to your so P- many ways and your pt's got a disability yeah, yeah he's got dystonia i saw some of videos and um no it's incredible that like he's still like he's now teaching people yeah like, and it is nice because it's also like 
within the community and there's a certain understand like having that understanding there's a different bond there as well yeah. um so i'm not gonna say exactly because i don't know exactly but it's something that affects his hand movement fun- his hand function and his speech yeah. and it was it was overnight i think it was just wow. like suddenly woke up and he couldn't do it. So he struggles with hand movement and has like Botox in his hands and then struggles with his speech as well. But again, like you just learn, like I can understand him like clear as day. I know, I know what wavelength yeah. he's on. So it's all good. We know what we're talking about. And yeah, it really helps to have someone that is living, even though it's a different disability, is living a disability. And he has a wife. So they're an interabled couple as well. Yeah. And it just, he understands all the nuances of like what it's Does like. Does matter how like someone listens to this, like they could be punchable, be able to walk, then one day like, you could lose that and 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 the thing is is obviously like obviously met you at ted baker a girl went to uni with jenny yeah jenny uh, berry jenny berry Berry, Mm -hmm. who's um who's got like an instagram page and she's got like tens of thousands yeah like fifty thousand followers and like she's just like so like openly Mm -hmm. and like honestly about it and like yeah, she's dead like raw enough because she's actually coming on the podcast is at some she? point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so she says she loves to do it. Like, well, I went to uni with her mm-hmm. and then I went to school with a guy called Sam Newton and his sister, Casey Newton. Yeah, because I've been, me- yeah. we messaged quite a bit and then like she's just actually accident, been yeah. helping me with my UTI stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, telling me what to do. But yes, yeah, so. So I went to school with. Her brother. That's actually so random that it's also very rare. Like some people have never met someone with a disability and you have actually got like three people in your yeah. life that are all now in wheelchairs. It's obviously, actually quite, it's, it's like. It's Yeah, obviously I'm not close to like, obviously, obviously I don't speak to them, but I'm aware of them and I've got them on Facebook. And mm-hmm. like I said, as soon as I spoke to Jenny, I think she was aware of who I was. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if I, I do want to get Casey on the podcast as well. And I'm sure if I reach out and, and I think we, we might have met once when I was like 18 or something. <laughs> At a party. But I'm sure we, 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 yeah, we're friends on Facebook. So like, I just think it's mad because obviously like she just had like an accident as well. Like, yeah. His was in like, tra- uh, what was it? Mountain bike? Trials biking. Trials or, bike, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dirt track one, whereas mine is like the dry yeah, track yeah. one. Um, but yeah, hers was an accident as well. And then obviously I know Jenny's a big advocate on not talking about what happened. So oh, really? It, yeah. Oh, okay. But that's know. like, yeah. So she is very much like, it's none of your business. It's not, well, not, it's like for me, to, it's my narrative to share when I want to, yeah. but she advocates a lot for like not dis it's up to the person to choose and not do, which I think is also really good to have like in the communities that like, people yeah. on all sides, because again, we are, we're all human and we're all people. And it's like, what's all right for one isn't for the other. Yeah. But back to what you were saying, like it is so like, I don't think anyone really realizes how it can just, it's literally like a switch. And it is like one day you can walk and the next day you can't. And like, I, yeah, I think people don't really realise or like, I, also you don't until you, you don't until know, you, you know, know. <laughs> you know someone or like, oh, yeah. you know, like, and yeah, I just find it, I find it mad when I actually think like, oh, like all these like links is like, yeah, how it's mad. Yeah. Even when I get guests on the podcast and um, I always say like, oh, like who would you like recommend and stuff? And a lot of times like, oh, like, I've already reached out to this person because of this person. Like, yeah. How like closely kind of, like, everything out. is yeah. actually linked together. Could we kind of talk about obviously like life coaching and, yes. and 
kind of where did that idea spark or how did you kind of come about that so I've literally told this story so much while I was traveling but it was at Ted or no I was at Ted and we were talking about the shade of a t-shirt and it was what color green it was going to be and I literally (laughs) going into the detail I'd started listening to Jay Shetty so I'd kind of my world of personal development had just started opening and I was like this is amazing I love this and then we were sat in like the buying room and we're talking about the shade of green t-shirt and I was like I'm I'm done I was like is this like for me this is not yeah. this is not enough anymore and then from then I was like right fashion's not it I like personal development but didn't know kind of like psychology thought maybe going back to uni yeah. to do psychology um and coaching came about because I was like I found started reading about it online in lockdown and I was like maybe this is me and then I'm a positive person like my base rate is pretty high to begin with like, you know, how some people are down here and I'm already up here. So I was like, if I go and do psychology, I um, was conscious about where that would actually bring me down to because of like the nature of the job. Mm. Whereas coaching is about, it's positive, it's uplifting, yeah. it's helping people grow and chase their dreams and about success. So I was like, that's way more my nature and who I am as a person. So then it was just about finding the right course really. And then I put it off for ages because of lockdown and shall I do it after traveling? And thank God I didn't. Otherwise (laughs) I'd still like, do you know what I mean? I'd have, wouldn't be knowing what I'm doing next. So life coaching. So what is it exactly? Is it like getting, if someone's got a goal, like, I mean, how, if I was a client, Mm -hmm. I come to you with a problem and the problem could be like, I'm unhappy in my job. Like, how do I find happiness? Or is it, how do I, get that promotion or yeah does it vary really it, oh it's completely that some people are very goal focused and oriented like I want um it's I've in generally it can be like people don't know what they want or like I want this but I don't know how to get there but the thing really important thing is it's like there's no advice at all it's you we do not t- as a coach we just ask you questions to change your thoughts and give you new perspectives but there is never any kind of like advice it's all driven by you yeah um and I think that's really like it, you're not coming to someone to like just kind of say what should I do it's about making it's about allowing you to figure out what's right for you to do in those situations but people come with anything like you have a niche but actually it is and some people come and they're like I don't know what I need and then there's certain I think I came to you and I remember like last year <laughs> I was like and it was about the podcast and I've been really open about this as well where I was like mm-hmm. like I just felt like a bit lost with it and I was like I don't really know where to go next and I, I think having speaking yourself and like others has like started it was all people with allergies yeah so like this year is like breaking the stigma of like disability or breaking the stigma of mental health and yeah it's just given this like new release of release life of life and now i've got like enough guests to last me to the end of september now amazing and i want to do one a week for a year um i've got eight podcasts this month i don't know how i'm gonna do it <laughs> i think i might have to push them over to july i realized <laughs> this morning um i was like oh god like i'm gonna have a breakdown if uh anymore just keep just keep pushing forward you just want to keep putting your foot on the gas really yeah Yeah, and I think that's one thing I would say I struggled with while I was away is like I had to take a step back from coaching because time difference there's no the wi-fi is terrible in hostels and there's no safe space so like I can't have clients when there's you can't even hear yourself think at times that there's people around you because it's against the ethics and also there was a lot of like self 
I ended up doing a lot of reflection on my own and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to take this time to focus on me and work on me so then I can show up as a better coach when I start coaching again. But you do have like, because I took a bit of time away, now it's like, you've just got to move forward. You've just got to do one tiny thing to like put in your head that you can do it, like not be scared. So basically it is just like doing a website or using AI to do a website, but you know, stuff like that, just little bits to like, just put your foot down and just go with it. I was going to say, like when you were traveling, was there any like, was there any moments where like you had that, obviously you had a lot of time to like reflect when you're traveling, (laughs) like six months, like a hell of a lot of time. Yeah. Was there anything which has come out from that reflection time, which you probably going to take forward now? Like, um, I think a lot, there's a lot of reflection I did on like mine and Jamie's relationship just because you're together for so long. Yeah. There was certain like, th- like I would say also about my drinking because I didn't booze in the week. We booze on the weekend here, but it's constant. And like, I realized that me and our club don't really get on. Yeah, I'm not so, drinking. To, like, obviously we're going out for drinks. Like, yeah. I don't think I'm going to drink. Like, yeah. like, I don't, I, I, I have a weird relationship now with booze. Me where too. I just hate feeling like shit. Like I went out for a few drinks on Thursday. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I can still be there and like have not, a good time, but yeah. not like having to get absolutely pissed. Like, and that's it. Like, I've been on a massive journey for two years, like questioning my relationship with alcohol and how it serves me. And like, there are times when it does serve me, and I have a lot of fun. But there are times when it really doesn't. And that was a big being away, obviously, and being. I w- said I wasn't going to drink when we went, but his sister Jay's sister was like hon I think you need to rethink that because you're about to go into hostels with loads of people and she was right it wasn't it wasn't a feasible Mm. thing at the time but being away like one of the biggest things is again I've learned about my relationship with alcohol how it affects my relationship with Jamie and then that's what I'm going to take forward to Asia is be a lot more conscious about is this the right environment for me? Is it the right time? How am I going to feel tomorrow? Is it going to impact our plans tomorrow? Like all of those things like it's just a lot of reflection on that, a lot of reflection on me and Jay. And also like, I also started therapy made you guys while I was- stronger then? I would hope so. Yeah. Like, Cause you say you had that lot of time to like that reflection. And oh yeah, we not can talk like about, in a negative, no, yeah, yeah. it wasn't. We can talk about you cause he's been, he's been a rocker. He's been yeah. incredible, hasn't he? Like, and he's been with you throughout this whole yeah, journey. Yeah, six and, months together yeah. when it first, when it first happened. So he has been there the whole time. Um, but yeah, I would say it's been that it's been amazing at times with us, but obviously it has been like the pitfall at times in the root of the arguments or like is especially we're traveling with a disability. There's no one out there. He has no one to talk to. I have no one to talk to about that except each other. No one knows what this is like. I don't have anyone to follow on Instagram. There's no one to speak to. I just have one friend, like one of my best friends who went away for a year to talk about the intricacies of a relationship while you travel but they still don't have the disability aspect of it. So there was just a lot of times where I didn't feel seen and heard and he didn't feel seen and heard. And it's like, I think there's an... We have that all the time. We had it last night. (laughs) We should be four beds like You're not hearing me, you're not hearing me out. You're not listening to what I'm saying. And I think there's a bit of an acceptance that we're never as much as we can try, we're never going to understand what it's like for the other person because Jamie isn't disabled. I don't do the work that he does because he does a lot of work and like it's going to the bar we're staying at a hostel where it's a beach I can't do anything I had a UTI at the time as well so I was glued to my chair for fear of like peeing my pants so he had to do everything and like it's just the like those things like you're gonna feel a bit he felt undervalued it was there's just a lot of different things that we were experiencing and I do hope we come out of 
like well I feel like we I feel like we're normal right now do you know what I mean yeah. but I do think it's only going to make the relationship stronger overall because and it's, it's, it's like, always going to be challenging you know like traveling with your partner and like because you, you really rely on each other then you know what I mean you don't have any like friends you can go to and go to there to get a break from each other so you're really kind of on top of each you're other glued the whole time. we were glued yeah. together and more so also because of my needs and when we we're in hostels like and it wasn't accessible like I couldn't do anything without him so we were literally glued to each other's yeah. hip like I had my first two nights apart from him last night and I was like it's like separation <laughs> but yeah it's you are reliant solely on that. And my friend basically said, and she was like, how you feel on this trip isn't how life is. Like it's everything's more amplified because you only have each other to take everything out on. You felt like the heights was like really high. And, and the, the lows, lows were like, really yeah. tricky. And I feel like sometimes like, I'm on this, like maybe like recently, like, I don't know, like last year in London, I just feel like I'm a bit like, not like on a super high, but not on a super low. I'm just like, Coasting or content? Coasting. <laughs> coasting. I wouldn't say content. I'd say like coasting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Like, and, and you kind of spoke about, did you say, so I think I'll cut you off. So no, like, don't worry. Did you talk about, you got therapy when you was. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was actually after like quite an explosive argument one night with me and Jay and I was really drunk at the time. Um, and then the next day and I, I just said, I just wasn't a person that I wanted to be. And I was like, I'd already thought about it, talked about it a few times, but money has been a massive factor, especially saving to travel. Yeah. So I've never, I've never done it. But Mara told me, and Mara actually said about better help. So I was like, I'm just going to inquire. And because of their like scheme, I'm unemployed and uh, have a disability, that it kind of made it more of a like affordable option. And I just much, also. Do, is, it, is it 40 quid? Or is it's it like 40 and then it goes good, like yeah. down even further for like certain yeah. criteria. And I was like, how did I not even know that this was a thing? So um, did a bit of investigating and then looked at the finances and I was like, it gives me less to like come back with or like do the next step of our trip with. But it's overall, it's for the greater good. So I was like, I'm just going to try it. I mean, it actually was really it's not it's not very easy while traveling and she kept saying are you sure you want to do this like do you think this is the right time and I'm like I'm so reflective I've got all this time this is the right time for me and I do agree that that was right but the time zones and this, there's no safe space so yeah, I had nowhere so to have to do, that yeah. session also because of access issues I could only go where I could access so even if there was like a rooftop that was empty I wasn't getting up there so mm. it just made it kind of like not like it just wasn't possible how many sessions did you have i had like maybe six or seven was it helpful um you know what it actually helped me realize like i'm a lot more capable of like processing stuff than i thought and like journaling and like approaching stuff but also i just think actually we weren't the right fit because i need someone that's quite um i want someone to poke and prod and ask me the stuff not let me like not I've had that before, around yeah. like I don't yeah. need you to like she was really lovely but she was like what you're doing is amazing and like being so nice to me and I was almost like I don't need that niceness I actually need someone She's to like, like I need like, the mirror yeah. like not do you know not tell me what everyone t- traveling is telling me like how amazing I am for doing this and stuff like I like I don't want that I want someone to like pull me apart a little bit and actually get to the stuff that I'm skirting around or that I don't know I need to talk about till it comes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I had one uh, and we had like four or five sessions and basically like 
after five sessions, I was like, oh, I'm just not too sure. And it was the same thing. It was like, we're talking about like anxiety and like, like say we touch upon relationships and everything. But like, I just felt like she was a bit too nice. Yeah. And I felt <laughs> like I'm not really feel like I'm benefiting. So mm-hmm. I stopped that one. Um, and then I reached out to someone the other day and we had like an hour, you know, to see if we were right for each other. Yeah. And this one would have been in person. So I thought, oh, like, that'd, oh, yeah. be, that'd be amazing. And then we had it and then I thought it was fine and stuff, but then I felt like I didn't really get too much from it. I know it's only like a, a trial or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then like she didn't, she, it was like a, like a four lessons like clause where if you want to get out of it, you've got to still do three more sessions, which I thought was, I didn't, oh. I, didn't I, didn't, I, I thought that was bollocks. To be honest. I was like, okay. I want to get out of it. I want to get, get out, out of it. I'm not going to do three more sessions with you. I, so I said, like, look, like, can we get you down to two? And then yeah. she didn't reply back for, like, two, three weeks. And then she gets back in touch and was like, oh, like, do you still want them sessions? Um, so then by that point, I was like, yeah, I was definitely, like, two feet out. And then I reached out to someone the other day. Um, but I need to get back in touch with her. So, yeah. But, no one speaks about the, like, how... Because also, like, you've invested this money. Part of you is like, I know this isn't right, but I've already done all the, like, the yeah. got the got to know you bit. So when you walk away from that, you've almost got to go back to the start and then it's more money. And, like, yeah. finding... And I've read stuff about finding the right therapist and how, like, it can take loads of time, but it's like... But also, that's loads more money to even find the right yeah, person to did, talk to. Because a lot of them, like... So I think one the one way I had, like, one hour with her, like, she was free to just to get to know each other. Um, and then this one, which I need to get back to, I think it was like 20 minutes, like phone call, okay. which is quite good. Yeah. And then like go from there really. But I feel like sometimes they don't, not not like they, they can't give me the answers, but like hopefully like, yeah, you want someone to like project. At least ask like, the right yeah, questions. Yeah. To get the, the best out of you kind of thing. Like. Yeah. It's an interesting one. I will pick it back up again, yeah. but she was probably right when she was like, are you sure traveling's when you want to do it? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, damn it. She, she, yeah, was yeah. Like, she was right. Amazing. I think we've nearly done an hour. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I was going to so say, quickly. is there anything else you want to touch upon? Um, no, not that I know. No, we've like covered, yeah, covered quite a few topics. Yeah, I, 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 that was like everything what was on my was like South America, like yeah. motion, like obviously the accident, traveling. I don't think even talk, we spoke about like therapy and stuff. Yeah, I didn't we could, like, stretch we out could yeah, they cover quite a few topics, haven't we? Yeah. All right, should we wrap it up then? Yeah. Okay. And then get, if anyone wants to like follow your page and stuff. Yeah. I went fast, didn't it? <laughs> It's amazing to have you on the podcast, G. Honestly, I was just saying, like, we just stopped then. We was like, have we covered everything? And we've spoke about everything <laughs> from, like, traveling to, like, mental health, <laughs> like, therapy, like, South America, Thailand. Who needs a whole evening catch-up? We can do it in an hour. Let's do it in an hour, like, cram it all in. Um, obviously, we're out after this hour. We are. Right? Yeah. Uh, there's a few people coming. Yeah. A yeah. couple of Mancunians that might not be able to get down, but I'm like, if they could, everyone could get to Wembley, then they can get to yeah. the pub. So we'll see. How many people come in? I'm not sure, you know, maybe like 12. Yeah. Nice, oh, right, it's nice, quite a few, yeah. yeah good nice number, yeah. group. 
hopefully the sun comes out. It's a bit, it's yeah, a bit no. cloudy at the minute. But um, yeah, it's been great. If anyone wants to kind of follow your page on Instagram and your blog, would you like to share that? Podcast? So yeah. I am Zelly Moore on Instagram and um, how we roll around. So that's where we've been kind of posting our daily updates, what we're doing. We'll be on TikTok, TikTok under that. We've got the TikTok. Yeah. We've got it. We just haven't posted on it. You would absolutely smash it, it, honestly. I think we you would are. do like so well on TikTok. Yeah. And, like, I think there's this whole like barrier where everybody thinks like it's got to be like highly Perfect. polished. Like, you could just be like holding the camera, just like chatting to someone like yeah. it's a friend and like you'll, you'll do so well. Yeah, I think, I do think, well, we also said Jay was going to do TikTok and I was going to do Instagram and look what looks how that's yeah, materialized. Yeah, well. <laughs> but yeah, and definitely in my blog is also how we roll around. So it kind of stops at Bolivia at the moment because there was just not enough time to write. But yeah. I'm definitely going to get back into it because it's really therapeutic as well. I know, so. I, I enjoyed it. I was like reading them all the other night, like, <laughs> before the part even though i know you so well i, I thought i'll give it a good quick read if yeah. anything comes up so yeah. yeah how we roll around yeah anyway it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast g and yeah thank looking you. forward to all the listeners to check it out but yeah thank, thank you, you so much amazing